Welcome back to yet another episode of the Detroit Real Estate Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Taylor. With me today is a friend and colleague, Pete Elliott. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Jay. Thanks for having me. Is this your first time on? It is. What a shame. You have a wealth of knowledge. Everyone, everyone listening, stop what you're doing. Put your earbuds to Do Not Disturb and listen, because Pete has everything that you need to know about insurance for your properties, your businesses, your real estate, your empire. So Pete, I'm gonna let you give just a very brief, go like 20 seconds, 30 seconds into your real estate career, or not real estate, your insurance career. Yeah, so um, I'm one of the owners of a fourth generation um, risk management and insurance agency. Um, We have an office here in Detroit. We have uh, four others throughout the state of Michigan. Um, I've been in the insurance industry for about 15 years now and focusing on Detroit and Metro Detroit um, for the last six. Um, Moved up here in 2017 and Jay helped me buy my house. This podcast has been so much fun to create and many of the guests have become dear friends over the last two years. One of those friends has even become a key sponsor of this podcast. Alexandria Taylor of the Taylor Law Firm has become such a vital part of both my personal and professional life. Her law firm has supported, counseled, and represented me through several evictions of properties I own, helped with deed preparation, and so much more. She runs an amazing law firm right here in the city of Detroit, and for anyone looking for an attorney, I could not recommend her more. We have also found an amazing partnership with Mario Ria of Huntington Bank. He has been a guest on this podcast and a mortgage lender for more than 20 of my clients. Also, a generous soul who always gives more effort and care than anyone in the business. Without any hesitation, I recommend Mario for all of your mortgage and refinance needs and have backed up that claim with my own mortgage recently. Mario is always ready and will give you the best rate available with the lowest cost up front. In fact, right now, he has a program that covers up to 10,000 of your down payment and all but 500 of your lender costs, making home ownership more affordable than ever before. And when you get that home under contract, you'll need an inspector. And Shane Summers of Veterans Pride Home Inspections has been a generous sponsor, not only of this podcast, but also of my real estate team for years. We love Shane so much, we even invited him to our holiday party. His company is always available to meet your tight inspection deadline, and he delivers peace of mind as you make one of the largest financial decisions of your life. For all of your home inspection needs, call Shane from Veterans Pride Home Inspections and know that you'll be in good hands. Now, back to our podcast. So what I'm going to say right now is that if you hear clinking in the glasses, it's because we poured a little bit of a, a local distillery's uh, whiskey bourbon and uh, I'd like to raise a glass to... All the properties you've bought and sold, and all the properties that I've bought and sold that you insure. So, um, for everyone listening, they're either looking at maybe potentially starting a real estate career, investment career, or they have been at it for quite a while. You know, I have people who respond to me saying, Hey, I listened to your podcast the first time and it really helped me here or there. The most helpful uh, episode we've had so far was not a realtor at all, not a real estate investor at all. It was a person who uh, works in 
the law okay. industry and works with uh, litigation between contractors and owners. So very specific, very specialized, and it was really helpful information. I know for a fact that you have information that's going to be super helpful. So I'm going to ask some random questions. I'm going to share some of my own experiences. Feel free to be as open and candid as you want. Uh, anything that you say during the podcast that you need me to delete, I will just wipe it from the podcast and no one needs to know. Sounds great. Um, but for starters, uh, I just did my audit with you and I think we have 10 lines of insurance, maybe 12. Yeah, we're, we're probably up to the yeah. 10, 12 at this point. You just added a new one today because I found out that I was missing some insurance coverage. If you randomly were to be asked by somebody to like do an audit of their risk, what's the one thing that people most oftentimes forget when it comes to risk mitigation and coverage that you can help them with? Specifically here in Detroit? Yeah, well, sure. It, it, you know, Detroit's a tough marketplace when it comes to property in particular. Um, the, the main thing I see is uh, policies written on actual cash value um, without the homeowner um, or investor knowing what actual cash value truly is. Um, we need to make sure that we're, we're looking um, for replacement cost options. Um, also making sure that it's written on special form. Um, there's three main insurance forms, special, broad, and basic. Um, you want to make sure that you at least have broad form. Um, I'd, I'd prefer it to be on special. But making sure, uh, you know, the one thing is making sure that, that it's either written on replacement cost or that the individual knows what the actual cash value policy they bought truly means. Yeah, today one of the properties that I have insured at actual cash value, you spent a good three or four minutes making sure I knew exactly what I was agreeing to because it is inferior insurance. That's correct. I mean, you're, you're going, you know, you are covered for losses. You're covered for fire damage, water damage, assuming it's written on the, on the proper form, but you're, you're covered at a depreciated material rate. Um, you do have labor covered, um, but that depreciated material rate can be substantial. So um, on partial losses, it, it can, you know, you can end up with 45, 50% of what you truly need to replace or bring your property back to, to what it was before the loss. Well, and just as an example, my home, if I did actual cash value, would be somewhere in the three or four hundreds, but I know the replacement cost is somewhere near 800000 So it's also in a whole loss, in an entire loss, it's still half the value. Correct. In, in a whole loss, it'd be half the value. And, and, and you, know, you have to run a replacement cost estimator, but you also have to run an actual cash value estimator yeah. to make sure that you are at least insured to actual cash value so that in the event of a total loss, you are at least recouping that entire investment. Well, think about if I had hired uh, the insurance company that first bid my business. In fact, I think I had them for a year before I met you. So uh, I'll give some background. I bought my property maybe six months before Pete did. I helped you buy your property. Uh, in the process of you being my client, I became yours. Yep. Uh, kind of a fun like benefit of doing good service for people who you work with. All of a sudden, you start like impressing me with your work ethic, and all of a sudden, I move all my insurance lines to you. But I remember the day that you bid it. And this is incredibly pivotal for everyone listening. When you bid my insurance, you did not come cheaper than the quote I had. I had a AAA quote that could do my home and my auto for combined of 3,600 a year. And you came at me at 3,800 a year. I remember saying, oh, I have it cheaper with AAA. And you stopped me and you said, it's a very small difference between these two policies, but let me show you the gaps in their policies and what we're insuring. And just like dollar for dollar, 
what I was getting for that extra 200 was incredible. Fast forward one year, one of my friends who lives in the city had a AAA policy when the home next to theirs burned down. And besides the coverage gaps that you like showed that were in the two policies, it took them a year and a half to get their first reimbursement from all the costs of that fire damage. So they had to live in another house. They had to have the entire thing remodeled. They had to have all their stuff uh, smoke mitigated and fire damage removed. All of that burden was on them for a year and a half before AAA finally settled and decided to give them some money. And then at the end, they got all the money that they needed for it. Like AAA did eventually pay out, but it was just such an inconvenience. I had a claim shortly after switching from AAA to you, and I think I had a payment for my claim within seven days. Yeah, there's no question that the there is a difference in the claim service carrier to carrier. And that's part of the conversation whenever we place business is, um, you know, you might be in a situation where for cap rate reasons, you just need the lowest cost policy. Um, and we make sure that you know that maybe it's a claims department that is difficult to work with. They take some time. Um, you know, they, they're going to go through a, a detailed analysis before they make any kind of payments. We have other carriers um, like the one that you are insured with and, and many others uh, that will issue that policy or issue that payment within, you know, three to four weeks or less, sometimes as early as a week yeah, after, after a claim, seven days after, after a claim occurs. And, you know, on the larger, on the larger homes um, and larger losses, that can be really important because you may need a place to stay for a few months um, while your house is being, whether it's a total loss that needs to be rebuilt or partial loss, they need to, you know, get all that damage repaired. Um, having a carrier that's going to pay so you're not coming out of pocket is extremely important. Yeah. So I moved all of my lines over. It was a very small increase. And within the first year, I saw the benefits of that and what I got from it. And in fact, over the course of time, because I had my primary home and primary autos with you, it then saved on my investment properties. And I think most people listening here aren't looking for ways to save on their personal home and auto, though they should call you and get a quote. If you own investment properties is where you, you would really save money. I watched people who get quoted four or $5,000 per year to insure a property. And when I insure it with you, I'm paying 700 or 800 per year. We just went over my policy and it is incredibly more uh, cost efficient to insure them together. That the, the policies that I don't have linked to my primary home and auto are way more expensive than the ones that are linked. Um, so. As people are trying to save money on their investment properties, uh, just today, one of my clients called you and I believe the quote that they were comparing you to was $17,000 for their apartment building and your quote with similar or better coverage in many of the areas uh, was $10,000. So it was nearly 50% uh, savings. So my thought process is anyone out there who has their home and auto, like, take a moment and give Pete a call. Yeah, I think... I think, you know, if you're an investor um, and you've got a portfolio of, say, five or less, uh, you know, investment properties, linking those up to your home and auto can be extremely advantageous for a variety of reasons. You're going you're gonna to save, save money. You're also going to have some buying power in the marketplace. Um, and additionally, you're going to get better claim service because when they know that you've got, you know, a home, an auto, an umbrella, and a handful of rental dwellings with them, um, they're going to respond pretty quickly to any incident and, and take care of you. Now, when you start getting into those larger portfolios is when we start looking at you know, an actual investor policy. 
And there are a lot of carriers out there that, that do that. Who are the big ones? Lloyd's of London? Lloyd's of London is the main one, and it's different syndicates of Lloyd's of London um, that handle those. Uh, those usually are run through through brokerage. Yeah. Um, the downside with those is you, you get an independent adjuster. So back to your original statement story about your, your friend, you can run into situations where um, you know it's not a direct relationship that we have. So we're working with an independent adjuster. But at, at the end of the day, they go pretty smoothly when you have a large portfolio. Um, once you cross that like 10 threshold, it's, it's good to flip it from a kind of a one-off policy onto a, an actual investor's portfolio policy. And there's a few carriers like Nationwide and some others that will do, even in Detroit, will do larger um, portfolios. Now, one of the gaps that you mentioned earlier was the whole actual cash value ACV. I'm guessing there are others. You know, we had a conversation earlier today about galvanized pipes and how if you're not careful what you're signing, you might be signing an affidavit that confirms you do not have galvanized pipes in your home. But then when you have a water claim, which is the most common insurance claim probably, you discover that you had galvanized pipes and yet you waived coverage on those things when you took the policy because you said you can verify and guarantee that you don't. Yeah, this goes back to a lot of people not reading their applications that they're signing. Um, you know, everyone signs applications when they when they place insurance, but a lot of uh, consumers and a lot of agents don't go over those applications with their with their customer. And um, to your point, there's a lot of representations um, which can then become misrepresentations on those applications. One would be galvanized plumbing, another is knob and tube wiring. Um, many carriers actually have right in the it's the last few questions there is I verify that I do not have any galvanized plumbing in my home and I do not have any knob and tube wiring as well as a variety of different uh, you know, uh, Zinco um, service breakers and things like that, uh, Federal Pacific Stab Lock. You're signing off that you don't have any of that. If you don't read it or you're not notified that you need to read it, you might be signing that you don't have it and automatically misrepresenting the actual coverage you're buying in itself. So. You need to make sure you read that, and then you also just need to make sure that you take a good look at, you know, if you're buying an older property, taking a look at your electrical and your plumbing. Those are your two major systems that you need to consider upgrading either before purchasing or, or budgeting out because it will affect your insurance rates and what carrier it can be placed with. I just spoke to an investor. I'm going to have him on the podcast as a guest in a few weeks. He said the number one thing he does, he buys properties, and before he's put a single tenant in, before he's paid for insurance, before anything happens... He guts all the plumbing and redoes it all. He's like, there's only one thing that causes damage in homes. It's water leaks. I mean, water is the most common. Um, you know, you always hear about fires because they're, they're the worst. They're the they, catastrophic. They just, they're, they're catastrophic. They displace families for periods of time. Um, water is the most frequent, and it you know, can be going on for a long period of time without you even knowing about it. Um, and there's some exclusionary language around that as well if it's been seeping for more than... Um, 14 days and things like that. You have to be careful with, with, with what policy um, you have from that standpoint. But I would agree with the, with uh, that individual that water is uh, the most common uh, issue and that updating your plumbing is probably the most important thing you can do. Not to name names or anything, but I do remember a property that you sold that had a water leak that was maybe two years running. Two years running and I never knew it. Nor never did, knew it. Nor did my inspector pick it up or the, or the uh, buyer's inspector pick yeah, it up. We're talking two rounds of inspections and two rounds of owners before that little slow pernicious drip turned into a full ceiling collapse. Yep. Man, it's, it's hilarious because we all live in these homes, at least so my context is Detroit. We all live in these homes that were built back in the 1920s. Guess what every one of those homes has? 
Galvanized plumbing. Galvanized plumbing, knob and tube wiring. Like, this is the most common uh, way to electrify and plumb a house back in the 20s. And, you know, among other things like asbestos and lead and all the things. So, you know, we're living in an environmental hazard. We're living in a risk hazard. Like, we have these homes that are just insanely vulnerable to catastrophe. And so I think having an insurance agent who is in your corner, having an insurance agent who understands the ins and outs of old homes, but also how to protect you in those coverages and give good advice on what you could do to protect yourself uh, is like a no-brainer for an investor. Yeah, I think you have to know what you're getting into. I think you're right about um, many areas of the country, but in Detroit as well, you've got uh, a situation where you've got aging homes that... um, galvanized plumbing starting to leak. Um, knob and tube wiring has always been a problem because it's not grounded. Um, but, you know, that's really what's driven the rates in the city of Detroit for as long as, you know, they've been high, which has been a long time, yeah. um, is claim activity. Um, all those, you know, all property rates are based off the insurance services office. They kind of set what the rate's going to be. Um, and then from there, uh, carriers deviate, you know, above and below that based off their experience. Um, I still remember the first time that you called me out on a property. It was a client. He wanted insurance. And I passed him to you. And you gave a quote. And the guy said, that's way too high. And so I called you. I was like, Pete, why is it so high? And he said, Jay, look at your phone. And you sent me a photo. You'd actually driven there yourself. You'd actually snapped the image yourself. And it was a decaying, collapsing house. You're like, Jay, if we insure this one, we know we're going to have a claim. So, of course, it's going to have a higher policy. Like, Detroit is just filled with these decaying, decrepit homes. And that's every old city. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's not even the... When it comes to, like, that scenario, it's not so much even the rate you would get with, you know, a carrier I'd like to place you with. Because they would actually probably come in just with with a good rate. The problem is they decline it as soon as they saw it. So, you get stuck uh, in what's called the surplus lines market, which there's nothing wrong with the surplus lines market. It, It has a place. It has a... That has a, actually make, plays a major role in the city of Detroit as well Are as any other of my areas. properties in surplus lines market. Yes. All right. There it is. Um, it serves. It serves me. Yeah. I mean, there. There's. We all only use you know A rated, um, A rated companies through A and Best. They're generally speaking, uh, to your earlier point, Lloyd's syndicates. Um, they do a, a very good job, but you just have to understand that their rates are going to be higher because they know they're taking on more risk than a standard insurance company would be taking on. For sure. For sure. All right, so I'm going to deviate a little bit from the conversation. I think the nuts, the bolts, the details are fascinating to people who are into that. You also happen to have a, a company and a career that is fascinating to me. Like, you don't just do home and auto. Like, people think of an insurance agent, like State Farm, Jake does home auto, maybe Progressive does boats and cars. Like, they have these, like, buckets that they fit things in, but your company does some really incredible commercial lines. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Commercials are our largest segment uh, of business. Um, How many breweries would you estimate you guys insure? 20. How many dispensaries would you estimate you insure? Uh, 10. How many, like, large industrial complexes would you say you insure? I couldn't even give you a number. I mean, north of 50 probably. As far as, like, large large commercial... Um, exposures go. Um, you know, we also have a we have a large manufacturing book of business. We have a large uh, construction um, book of business. We we do a lot of risk advising in the construction and manufacturing space. 
Um, that's throughout the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and we even venture to the to the east and west coast for for those particular lines of business. I heard just the last time we played golf that you had a line of business that was like your largest account was like logistics, just this massive corporation in logistics that you insure. So I mean, there's just an infinite wealth in your brain and in your company's like hive thinking that protects people who are risking their entire. Uh, ecosystem in the company they run. You insure my personal company. You Correct. insure all of my real estate company holdings, and you insure my family's home and auto. So, like you, you cover the whole gamut with me, and my company is probably one of the smallest ones you insure. Like when it comes to commercial lines, you guys, I'm guessing some of your lines have a million dollars or more annual policy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we certainly have uh, companies that pay you know several millions dollars a year in, in insurance. Um, you know, the, the way we're set up to is everyone kind of has a few niches that they operate in. And, and we do that so that our risk advisors are spending their time only doing what they know best so that mistakes aren't made. So, you know, my niches are really construction manufacturing and then I do a lot of, of cannabis in the state. Um, additionally, just given the location in Detroit, obviously the conversation we're having, we do a lot of investment portfolios. Um, we have other advisors. Um, my brother, who is a, a partner uh, of mine in the business, handles transportation, does aviation, things of that nature. Oh, I forgot about the aviation so, one. You were talking about that one. You're so going to insure my airplane there. Buy it, right? Not a problem. We have <laughs> many airplanes insured, so that will not be an issue. <laughs> Grant Cardone told me I should buy one. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, and then I think the final one that uh, I recently stepped into with you is the health insurance marketplace that a lot of people get their health insurance through their employer. But in my space, my only two options are to pay through the nose or jump on the marketplace through like the Obamacare administration and sorry, Affordable Care Act, and still pay through the nose. Like, it's not any cheaper there. Um, and I know that you have a person on your team who handles this mostly. Is it Kevin? Yeah, so Ke Kevin Wisman handles uh, and runs our individual um, health and life department. So he um, has a team under him that handles... you when to do open that's, enrollment? That, yeah, yes, but that's individual uh, health care. It's individual life insurance. He writes all kinds of life and disability insurance, um, both group contracts and individual contracts. Um, and then he also has a, a lot of, um, writes a lot of Medicare business. So spends a lot of time in, in the fourth quarter in particular, um, meeting with Medicare age individuals and assisting them in choosing the right plan for the, for them. We also have a, a separate division that handles strictly just businesses. So if you have, you know, we handle, um, you know, companies of anywhere between five and 500 to 700 employees. Um, we can do both, you know, fully insured programs, self-insured programs, um, pretty much anything, anything out there from a health insurance standpoint. We have a whole division separate from me for that. Well, and I know Wisman is really intelligent when it comes to like meeting owners where they're at, because a lot of owners have these big companies and all this staff, but their margins are thin. And to try and add a health insurance package for your employees could actually bankrupt you. So finding solutions for that guy, also figuring out solutions for, you know, whatever owner might need to insure her individual family, but not her employees. Like, it's been really cool to watch 
you know, in the three years that I have been doing my family's health insurance and my company's health insurance through Diebold, it has been, every year has looked different. Every year has used the company in a different way, but always to the benefit to my bottom line. Yeah, you know, what we plan, what we tend to do is lead with our, our property and casualty, and then we bring our health insurance department, whichever one is applicable in, to meet with that, you know, business owner um, and discuss, you know, what their best option is. And to your point, sometimes that best option is a group plan. Um, sometimes that best option is an individual plan and, and making sure that you're, you're, you know, going through the proper channels and selecting the most advantageous plan. Well, so I heard a stat, and I'm sure everyone listening has heard some version of the stat, and they say most stats are made up. This one, I believe the number was like 90 or 95% of all millionaires got there through real estate. And it's interesting to think about uh, my path through real estate to get to my net worth. It started, you know, when I first engaged you as a company, I probably had a net worth of $100,000. Okay. And it was like, my insurance needs were very basic back then. And that when I, you know, engage you now with all the properties I own and all the employees that I have and, and the net worth that has grown over those years, like my insurance needs are so different. And engaging people at whatever stage they're at and knowing that, hey, you don't have any employees, you don't have any you know, investment portfolio, you have very basic insurance needs. Let's make sure we find the most cost efficient and, and rounded coverage for you to the point where, you know, I'm at where it's like, all right, you have 74 spinning plates. Let's make sure each one of those is covered in case you drop one. Cause you likely will. Like I've already had three claims through you in the last six years and every one of them, like you're able to step in and, and help. Yeah. And, and I mean, our job is to grow with the company. So, you know, when we first meet with a company, if they're in their infant stages, then we're going to place just what's needed to, to get going. And once income, you know, starts being generated and, and the business starts becoming worth something, and um, you know, your, your insurance needs change quickly often. Um, and to your point, you then need to protect, you know, every asset and you need to protect it differently. And we, we try to meet annually um, with every client. Um, you decided that I moved too much. I need every three months. Yeah, we. I think with Jay, it's going to be at least quarterly um, to keep up with everything he has going on. But um, we try to make sure that we we're meeting on a regular basis and you know providing advice so that we're kind of growing with you. Because at the end of the day, you know we need to be there for you know the direction that you're headed. And the, the worst part about insurance, like for one. The, the idea behind it is that you're throwing money at a problem that hasn't happened yet. And no and you're, one likes you're, that. You're paying for something you want to never use, ideally. Yeah, you're paying for something you want to never use. I think the converse of that is people are oftentimes talking about life insurance policies. And it gets to the point where you're like, man, I almost want to die so my wife gets $4 million. You know, like, there's this joke in the life insurance world. But outside of that, like, no, of course I would never want to actual file a claim because it means, you know, I'm having to cure a huge problem that has arisen in my life. But as I say that, I would also say that while you are paying money for a problem that you don't want to happen, it would be even worse to see that you paid all that money for all those years and when the problem actually happens, you don't get coverage. Like that is the horror story in insurance that you've been paying for years and years and when there finally is a claim, 
you find out that you weren't insured properly. Yeah, so. and that's why we always we always lead with coverage first. We can we can get you a cheap policy, um, but we lead with coverage first. We give you what we recommend, and then from there we can start stripping things back if that's what is needed at that time. Because you're right, there's there's no reason to pay for something that isn't going to be there when you need it. Yeah, that's awful. Well, I appreciate the time you spent with me. I appreciate all the advice. I'm going to ask one more question, and that is. Uh, I started off with this question, I'm going to finish with it in case any new insights come. Like, what is the gap that you see most frequently when a person comes to you and, you know, I'm guessing most people already have some form of insurance when they talk to you. And you're having to, like, show, well, my insurance is better, I can beat the rate, I can beat the cover, I can beat whatever. What's the biggest gap when a person, you know, has moved to you that, that you've seen that they weren't insuring before and now you're able to help? So I touched on the ACV replacement cost uh, issue earlier, but one that kind of came to mind throughout the conversation, um, and this doesn't just go for investment portfolios, but goes for every company out there, is business interruption. Um, Most companies have enough property insurance to rebuild their property. What they almost never have is enough business interruption. And what business interruption is, is all the money you would need to keep your business floating while your property is being restored. So in the event of an investment property, it's just your rental income. Now, maybe you're in a position where you're not worried about it, but many do need that rental income to float everything else. If we're talking like a larger manufacturing plant, for instance, oh, yeah. if Every they're down for a year, it's down. Exactly. If they're down for a year, they might need 10, 20, 30 million of business interruption. And without that, it doesn't matter if we have enough property insurance. They're going to lose every employee they have. Those employees are not going to come back because they're not going to be paid during that period of time. All their profits are out the window. Um, and it's going to take them some time to reestablish their. Um, reestablish those relationships with their, um, both their suppliers and their end users, their customers, and not having enough business interruption is the number one thing that can put companies under. Um, so we go through a large business interruption, business income worksheet, um, which kind of really drives down to the dollar how much you truly need um, if you were to have a total loss uh, to get through that, get it rebuilt, get up and operational and get going again. And so that would be primarily if the building that the company operates out of needs to be built. But what about, so this has happened all across Detroit as neighborhoods get revitalized and streets get redone. I think about downtown Rochester. They did a huge street replacement on Main Street. And every single business, their their buildings were fine. Mm-hmm. But they had all of their business interrupted. Is that a thing that you would cover there? No, it, business interruption does require direct physical loss to the property. Now you can. There are some broadening endorsements that allow, for instance, if uh, if you lose power because someone hits a power line half a mile down the street and it, it takes your power out, okay. um, there are broadening endorsements that can be uh, purchased um, and that we generally add as just normal course of business um, to make sure that you have coverage for that scenario. But when it comes to um, cities and government entities actually making major yeah. changes. You're you're generally in that in that situation seeking grants and things like yeah, that. Yeah, there always are grants off, offered. By there's the always city. grants to try to try to offset some of your losses, but no, you can't really buy an insurance policy to, to handle that type of, of scenario. Um, but you know, when it comes to kind of business interruption, like even an example would be a, a restaurant, for instance. You know, you have to have business interruption with spoilage. You may have you may lose power like we did a couple weeks ago um, during a large storm. Not have power for two weeks, you lose 
all of your inventory. Every, yeah, I think everything. Sushi um, restaurant that has a couple hundred thousand, there. maybe more than that, of uh, of spoilage coverage. You have to make sure all that's included on a you know, and that's just that's an example of business interruption with spoilage on like a restaurant scenario. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, if anyone absolutely. has any questions, feel free to reach out, and uh, I can pass you on to Pete. Great. I appreciate it, Jay. Have a good one. Yeah, you as well.